Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 163 of the Pika Serenity Podcast. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emelson, and joining me, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello. And we are here this week to tell you to nerf Windwalkers. Oh, no, they're fine. They're, it's just, they're catching up. It's been, you know, it's, it, I think. You know, if you average the gap in their DPS uh, for the entire tier from like below everybody else with this, maybe it evens out just like, you it know, flows. this one Windwalker got to do 5.5 million DPS. And that's just like, that's all of the DPS that the other Windwalkers this tier were missing. Yeah, so it's just I think we just we just build one sort of super windwalker and they get to sort of carry on the legacy, right? Like that's yeah, yeah, that's how it works, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll talk a little bit about about that, about the some of the you know some of the fun windwalker shenanigans that are going on, along with some other stuff. We got a couple of announcements, but um, I think before we get into all that stuff, we have we are both in sort of progression, end of our progression, right? Um, sitting at sitting at Sark Sark Sarkrath Sark. Yeah, I always call it Sark. Yeah, um, but how, I guess I'll let you go first this week. How is that going for you? It's going pretty well. Like we're making steady progress. I always want the progress to be faster, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But we are making steady progress. Um, it is really interesting comparing like Sarkareth to Razageth. So, like for reference, we're deep, deep phase two, start of phase three progression um, on Sarkareth. So there's still a, a lot to to get through because there's several difficult overlaps in phase three of Sarkarath. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know, it feels very different from Razageth, where Razageth felt more like just you had to pre-plan everything yeah. and everything had to be like precisely according to the plan or you were dead um, for, you know, a multitude of reasons. Whereas this um like you've got more flexibility you've got more ability it feels like in raid to make adjustments and be like hey this isn't working let's try this positioning or that positioning and not have the whole thing totally break mm-hmm. or yeah. and not have this like huge you know lattice work of interconnected pieces where you must be here at this time so that you can be here at this time um so yeah yeah it's, it's oh, sorry it it's going well it's going well awesome yeah i mean i, I feel i feel very similarly and oh maybe not i feel like it's easier than razgeth uh, maybe not in terms of actual difficulty but like the progression feels easier like it's not as frustrating there's not as many yeah like i, I know that like razgeth progression for us was like honestly getting it was it was really the intermissions were the hard part of those of that fight i felt like for yeah us. it was like getting First intermission down, like I, on the healing side, like getting or blue side, I guess it was like getting the DPS right for the ads, making sure you had the right healing cooldowns there. Um, and then, um, you know, the second intermission with the little stormy elemental guys of like your positioning and, and yeah. damage and stuff like that. So um, it definitely feels easier. Um, but I mean, the opening phase, at least from a healing perspective, is like freaking wild, dude. Like yeah. the, the first couple pulls, I was just like, this is extremely intense. And so we've, we made like some the cool thing is you can make a couple of I think micro adjustments on the fight. Like we have we have a handful of healers and a tank clear actually on the first fire breath. So yep. we do the whole like clear everybody on the second one was the way we went in, but we we sort of swapped it and there's a couple of healers that like I'm I'm included there that that clear on the first fire breath just so that we're not moving 
in terms of like as we're trying to like get hit the breath move use our cooldowns things like that so yeah um there's a couple of little minor things you can do there but no I, I agree there's not like a precise thing you have to do every time there's definitely i think an overall general strat of like positioning and movement and, and how to do it but um but yeah it's, um, it's fun so far one thing we figured out so we we have a misweaver we have a misweaver mm-hmm. in comp so if you're a misweaver pay attention that uh oh, if you're a misweaver that plans to progress myth- mythic uh Sarkarath, um we have their second Yulon uh, to cover the mass disintegrate clear at the end of phase one that overlaps with the uh, glimmering surge. Mm-hmm. One of the issues we ran into is they would get like boxed out from being able to hit the boss yeah. while they were setting up for that because they would be trying to also be in the mass disintegrate clear and then they would like miss it and that would be really bad because then they just die. Yeah. Um, so what we actually ended up having them do is they clear on the first disintegrate, not the first searing breath. Then they clear on the searing breath with everybody else, and they're done. Then when we hit the mass disintegrate clear at the end of the phase, they just avoid everybody and have space to stand and you know do their hit the boss. Like there could be a melee to finish their mm-hmm. ramp because nobody else is standing on them and baiting fire on them. And then once they've completed the melee part of the ramp, they can stand still and just pump vivifies yeah. into people. Um, nice. And so that is something that we did that um, really helped with that. Yeah, I think for healers in general, it's it's actually better for healers to uh, essentially clear their debuffs off the group, and so you have less like to do because the, the healing the healing check in P one is extremely high, and then then you get into P two and there's no healing, so. <laughs> Yeah, it it's really a, it's a is stark contrast. It's uh almost like like Kelthazad. Not the shit parts of Kelthazad though, right? But the right. very, very like binary, like there's nothing to heal, then there's everything to heal, then there's nothing to heal. And in Kelthazad yeah. it all revol- it all revolved around extending the phases as long as you could so that you could um have all of your healing cooldowns back for when you needed to heal through it just all of the damage. Exactly. Um, in this case, it's very much like phase one is all of the damage. Phase two has very little, and then phase three ramps up. And depending on your strat, it can ramp up pretty hard in phase three. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's a it's been a, a very interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll we'll see how progression goes this week for us. But I think the goal is we I think we have we have currently three raid nights remaining before our comp gets absolutely blown up by summer vacations. Yeah. Um, so we are the, we are sort of fighting that boss. Too. The other team in my guild, uh, Babs's team, is mm-hmm. uh, looking at multiple healer swaps for this week because of summer vacation stuff. And then their t- one of their main tanks and also raid lead is out on their second raid night this coming week. Nice. And so uh, I feel for them. They yeah. they're at like twenty percent on the boss. Maybe they could YOLO into a kill on on uh, Wednesday. Hopefully they can, so they could just get it out of the way. But yeah. man, that is rough. Yeah, it's yeah. The 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 swaps are the swaps are definitely interesting. Uh, they they make it they make the they make the fight a little bit more interesting, right? So, um, but cool. Um, all right. Well, let's get into a little bit of the the news for the past week. There's a just a couple stories, but I wanted to sort of highlight some of this stuff. So. First up is we, you know, of course, Blizzard announced BlizzCon a couple months ago, I think back in February or March timeframe. 
But uh, this week they did announce the pricing and ticketing information. So uh, like normal, this I think happens every BlizzCon year. There are two dates where tickets will go on sale. Um, it will be July. Oh, God, I'm reading. Ah, where did I find the dates? It is July 8th, I want to say. And then, yeah, July 8th. And I think it's like later in July, like the 23rd, I want to say. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. So, um. They're, they're, they're still, so that's for the actual physical tickets. Yeah, Saturday, July 8th, and then Saturday, Saturday July 22nd, sorry. Um, both tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Um, there's basically two tickets. There's like general admission, which is like $300 US, and then there's like the Portal VIP ticket. $800. Yeah, which is a massive increase. Yeah. Um, but in any event, um, this will be the first year BlizzCon's been, going, been put on for, I think, three years now. Um, yep. So it'll be an interesting one. Um, I, I was trying to think about if, like, what we would see at this BlizzCon, um, because D four is already out, so like maybe D four expansion info. Yeah, um, that would, would be, be like guess. would be something in there. I don't know. Do you think we see WoW expansion? Info? I think we see WoW like um, ten point three info, ten point four info, maybe. Okay. Like, okay. I I think we're gonna have a four patch cycle expansion i don't think we're gonna have a three again um i think it's gonna be four um with the rate that they've been going because we're like we're a year in Mm -hmm. to the expansion at the point that 10.2 should be launching yeah or like we should be part way through 10.2 when like we hit a year because the expansion came out again remember in december yeah it's not been that long it's been yeah i guess it was six months right still Yeah. yeah Like we're we're not that far into this, um, yeah. so I I think it might be a little bit early for the next expansion, um, but then again it might be if they wait until the next BlizzCon that might be a little bit late for next expansion, yeah. so who knows maybe they give us a sneak preview of of like where things are gonna end yeah. up, but or, or um, may, I def I think we'll definitely get a twenty twenty four roadmap though for a while yeah like similar oh, to yeah. they did for the share yeah. that I think we could I think we could bet on yeah. I, I would bet on that. Um, but yeah, like D4 expansion and or more seasonal stuff for that, uh, yeah. probably. Um, what are the games they have? I mean, there's Overwatch, but Overwatch is a whole whole big mess right now. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on there. And then Starcraft, Starcraft. slowly dying. They killed HOTS. Um, yeah, not D- too much. New IP? Stuff. Question mark? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, are you going to BlizzCon? Uh, there is a, there is a possibility. So it's actually more of a conversation than pre like typical years. I'd say, no, uh, I'm not going to do it. Oh yeah. Sorry. Hint lover in chat. Good point. They're, they do have the mobile game. Probably see that arc, arc, arc light. I think it's called arc light rumble. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I think this year is a probably a, more of a possibility than other years. It's just for me, I don't, I'll be honest. I don't like people. Uh, so like going to a convention, you know, answer. <laughs> like uh, it may, maybe it's not only people, I don't like crowds. And so like going there, yeah. like just to be with a bunch of crowded, a crowd of people, not my cup of tea, but I think of a bunch of like either guild mates or friends, but I'm going, maybe we'll see. But yeah, yeah, I, I have a few friends that are going, so I am planning on going, um, you know, I was planning to go to the BlizzCon in 2020. And then of course that didn't happen due yep. to the whole world you know, at that time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm planning to go this year. I may not, it may not be a thing that I do every year, but I am planning to go this year and see some friends. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Just, I mean, 
every time everybody who has gone, it's has been a it's been a good time. So that I've talked to, so definitely a good time to head out. And this will be the first one in person for a while. So they also yeah. did say for people who aren't going to travel, they're going to do the same streaming thing they've done in past years. Um, and the streams are free. Like yeah. you can, there's no ticket for watching the live streams. You can just show up and watch. Um, so if you want to just like see the panels and stuff like that, you can just do it. You don't have to buy anything. They are going to have the same digital deluxe pass that they had uh, mm-hmm. like for, I think last year they did the virtual only, right? But yeah, then they had the the digital deluxe pass that just like has the mini pet and stuff like that that you can get if you want. Yeah, I think it has um, all the virtual goods from you get from actually yeah. going uh, are also included in that. So, um, but you know, yeah. it's it's BlizzCon, it's back, should be a good time. So yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, wild patches, though, ten point one point five on the PTR has been marked as a release candidate, yes. uh, which means some of the rest of the stuff we're going to talk about in the news is not final, final, because like they can change things. But yeah. pretty final. Yeah. Feature wise, everything's everything's in there. I think it's just gonna be tweaks the rest of the way. So um, but yeah, we did get the release candidate build um this week, which is awesome. Um we already knew the release date, so it's not that exciting, but yeah. it's always nice to put out there. Yeah. And then speaking of new stuff in 1015, Blizzard did put out their official uh impre- or their official preview of the augmentation evoker uh class. Um, so if you guys aren't familiar or have been living under a rock, augmentation is the third, uh, evoker spec that's coming out. Um, and it's basically a, a buff spec. Um, so the idea is your abilities give your allies a buff that in, I think increase like their main stat. And I think versatility is also another thing. Um, and so your damage while lower is buffing everyone else around you to do more and, and, you know, essentially hopefully do more overall as a group. Yeah. Um, the interesting my, thing with this class, or sorry. My understanding right now is that where augmentation is tuned, it's actually really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, like, I I don't know how well you can stack them, right? Like, there's a there's a limit. You can't just be like, ah, 19 augmentation evokers in a, in a tank, and we're all going to do a bajillion TTPS. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think it's that bad. They're also, I mean, they're, they are a DPS class at, at right. from like a... From like just a, a specialization or categorization perspective, they're not a healer. Um, but yeah, I also, I mean, from my understanding too, from a tuning perspective, you'll want at least one, maybe two. And then after two, you sort of get into the realm of not enough actual pure damage dealers getting buffed, you know, with your, with an augmentation. Right. So, um, but yeah, I, it's funny. I'm super interested in this class. I think for two reasons. Number one, it's the first sort of buffing class that WoW has ever done. Um Paladins were sort yeah. of like this in in sort of early versions like classic and things like that, but they still had healing Back spells. When they still that sucked. Yeah, exactly. Um, with like their little blessings and stuff like that. But no, this will be the first one where like they're basically built around this concept of buffing your allies. And so um it's cool. They also did a bunch of work, Blizzard did, in putting in combat log hooks for a lot yes. of their stuff. So that add-ons and Warcraft logs, of course, can hopefully attribute damage to the evoker to the, in this case the augmentation evoker appropriately so. yeah i don't have a ptr log of it on hand the mm-hmm. the raid is closed and stuff on ptr so there's not like a raid log of it um but yeah it's it's uh it's 
mostly reattributed, I think. Yeah. There's still some outstanding, like from what I've heard through the grapevine from the augmentation theory crafters and SimCity people, is that there's still a few things that don't get reattributed in logs. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, actually, there might be issues with details. Um, it sounds like the reattribution events don't fire in game. Gotcha. So you're only going to get it in a log. So you're only going to get it in a log right now, which is a pretty big oversight. But apparently, um, like, so apparently, like, the author of details didn't know they were supposed to be in game. Um, and I don't know actually if they were supposed to be in game, but like, yeah. uh, somebody, somebody from the Warcraft logs team asked them like what they were going to be doing for some of their handling. Cause we do try and like to make sure that details and Warcraft logs look similar, if not exactly the same, mm-hmm. um, just so people don't get confused. But, uh, apparently it's, they're not firing in game oh, or God. weren't firing in game as of like two weeks ago. So we'll see. Uh, so gotcha. details We'll see. That would be my like day one concern is like you're going to go into a pug and people are going to go like, wow, augmentation sucks because they look at details and then you can't actually see the damage they do unless you look at a log. And on the one hand, that's great for my career path because I work for Warcraft logs and that means people have to go to Warcraft logs to see their augmentation of Ocra DPS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, that kind of sucks. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, that that's sort of a, kind of a, a limitation in the in-game UI, but I mean, it'll be it'll be cool to see how the class plays out. I mean, I think to this point, like when they first launched, they were extremely good. Like you wanted, like they were doing, I think, as much damage as a regular damage dealer plus the buffs. So I mean, there there there's gonna be a ton of tuning with this class. As we go through it, but I'm excited. Yeah. I'm actually the goal is after progression is to probably slowly swap over to augmentation for me at least for next patch and see see how it goes. Yeah. So. We have a warlock that's been talking about it, about yeah. uh, going on augmentation. Our devastation evoker is like hard. No, I will not play augmentation, <laughs> which is I can respect that. That's like they've they've listed augmentation as a DPS spec, but it's right. not. Right, exactly. It's a, it's a fourth role, but they don't want to have a fourth role with only augmentation evoker in it, right? Yeah, and have to like, what do you do with the random dungeon finder and stuff like that? um so yeah yeah it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the class plays out but i'm excited something new for wow it's always cool so um and it's cool that we're getting a brand new spec in a content quote-unquote content patch so um, yeah i mean they've done a lot more um like we talked about brewmaster talent stuff last week they've done a lot more talent changes uh to a much 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 greater degree than has happened since basically legion and in Legion, it was primarily messing around with like artifact trees, not messing yeah. around with, you know, talent trees, which are way more fundamental to the class. Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah. Um, also, we, sorry. We got, oh, we, I was going to move on to the. Yeah, you next. move. Yeah, we can move. Yeah. Uh, so, also on 1015, we got a confirmation from Blizzard this week that the new uh, myth item track is retroactive uh, for any gear that you've gotten from season two that has 
that is like got the mythic tag or at the point where it's not got another track listed. So like if you've got uh end of dungeon gear, that doesn't that's not on the myth track because mm-hmm. it's it's on the whatever champion track or whatever it's called. Hero track, maybe? I don't know. The the t- current top one. Um, but if you got Mythic Plus Cash gear that maybe you got at 441 because you were doing uh 15 instead of a 20. Yep. then that can now be upgraded with Aspect Crests to 447, as if you had gotten it from a 20, which is kind of awesome um, and actually really nice for ults. Um, yeah. But also all of your Mythic gear, uh, all of that gear off of Kazara and Amalgamation Chamber uh, that's currently 441 and kind of like doesn't hold up compared to Crafted gear uh, can now be upgraded to 447, which mm-hmm. makes it, you know, say my level is Crafted gear and much cheaper to acquire yeah yeah so this is i mean this is a really good change i like i think in general adding this upgrade path makes sense um but then also making it retroactive i think is really cool something that i guess they haven't really done in the past but to be fair this is one of the first times we'll have an upgrade type system but yeah um but yeah no it's cool that it, it applies to all the season two gear you've gotten so it's a nice little quality of life um it just means i have to go back and start doing 16s again I've done with yeah. plus in my monk in a, in a week. I've or got so, so. like fifty aspect crests lying around. I'm fine. Uh, yeah, not not actually fifty, but actually maybe fifty. Uh, anyway, uh, Anzara asks, "How badly the ring nerf is going to hurt Brewmaster?" Uh, funny you should mention that because the next thing on our list is some hot fixes. Not hot fixes because they're not they're last minute changes for Brewmaster. Uh, yeah. Just small things. I want to mention fortifying brew for a long, 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 long time for Brewmaster has actually given 17.5% health instead of the 20% that it's supposed to. It now gives 20%, actually, finally. <laughs> it's just, that's not groundbreaking or anything. It's just that bug has been around since BFA, and it's finally fixed. And, yeah. you know, I'm happy about that. The other thing from this week is that uh, you aka summon white tiger statue uh was not resetting when you you know wipe to a boss which is very annoying if you're wiping early in the boss or if you're wiping right after using your your catch you so like i my second cat statue on sarkarath is at the start of phase two and if you wipe immediately after that because somebody messed up a bomb or you know we didn't kill the ad in time or people felt the reality all that stuff uh i just didn't get to use it in phase one because it wouldn't reset. Uh, it now resets on pull or on the uh, on re- when all your other like if weapons of order resets, white tiger statue is going to reset. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, that's as far as uh, as far as uh, brewmaster power level and how the ring nurse are going to impact it, it's hard to say because a lot of the work has been around press the advantage. I think Brewmaster comes out ahead overall, potentially more so than other specs that are currently reliant on the rings. Mm-hmm. Um, but press the advantage is still not in its final form, I guess. Like there's currently a bug on PTR where if you press the advantage keg smash, every keg smash hit triggers an additional keg smash. So if you do it in AOE and you hit 10 targets, this what's supposed to be a second hit is actually second through 11th hits of Keg Smash. And that's obviously a little bit broken. Yeah. So, like, 
there's still bugs to fix for Brewmaster. Um, that one for sure is not going to go live. If that one goes live, it's getting fixed very, very quickly. Yeah, that is a lot of booze. Um, so, you know, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so I, I will probably see a couple more minor things as we go in. There wasn't, I mean, I think also earlier this week, we saw the Windwalker 3% buff go into PCR, but that was just sort of mirroring what they were doing on, on live. So, yeah. Uh, and Miss Weaver has been pretty, pretty nuts. I'm not going to say stagnant, but we have not seen really any changes. Uh, Miss Weaver is weeks, good so. though. It's very good right now. Yeah. It's, 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 it's been in a while. So, um, uh, yeah. Well, cool. Maybe we maybe we we sort of shift into the the main topics for today. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, sort of so start us off with Windwalker's fine, guys. I don't know what everyone is complaining about. Class perfectly balanced, easy. You just need twenty of them in a raid, and I think then you're then you're good. Then you yeah. can get eighteen second amalgamation kills. <laughs> yeah, we've got Ricky Monk two here doing uh five point five million DPS. Oh, this one doesn't. Oh, this is actually black. Why were they doing black rock foundry mythic and logging it? All right, hang on. I gotta find one of the other ones with the Sark Earth kill that's eight seconds long. Gotcha. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, they, I think they went into just to test how that worked. Um, but yeah, um, they, uh, yeah, so I guess as you pull up that log to sort of explain a little bit what's happening here, Windwalker is, of course, not extremely broken they're just um they're just uh this a little bit of a bug here um and so what that bug is apparently <laughs> essentially is is that if you don't know the the set bonuses for windwalker um the two set puts a debuff on the target that makes them take additional damage from a specific ability and then the four set um when you use rising sun kick triggers that damaging ability um, and what was found out was that uh, the debuffs from multiple monks stack multiplicative, multiplicatively um, and apply to any of the sort of, what is it, shadow flame damage that's done. So like if you have three monks in the raid, they all put up their debuffs and one monk uses rising sun kick, that rising sun kick damage um, or the trigger damage from that is increased by multiplicatively by the three debuffs on the target. Right. Um, each debuff so, is fifty percent of a damage buff as well, right? Like this yeah. is not a small damage buff, so the exponentials get very big, very fast. And when you get thirty in there, or nearly thirty, yeah, it's it's what you see. It's a five hundred. What is it? Five hundred million <laughs> damage event. Yeah. Um, so uh, Navani over target. here did their their heroic Sarkarath kill was six seconds long. This is actually so fast that uh so warcraft logs has already blacklisted a bunch of these so you can't find them on rankings uh people are linking them still in the peak discord so if you want to look at it you know you can ask in there and people people have links um but the uh this six second kill was actually so short that it didn't count as a kill because of like protections against edited logs and stuff that that warcraft logs has um but it's it's six seconds long because navani here did 537.2 million with one hit. Yep. Which seems, which seems, seems this balanced. is fine. This is fine. Which seems balanced. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 so yeah, for so, reference, yeah. for reference, actually, real quick, um, Mythic Sarkareth 
as 666 million health. So you just need one of those and you'd push directly into P3 and then and you, know, you 100 million you have health the next left? Tick? Yeah. Um, don't do that. That don't. gets you what we in the business call a ban. Um, Very quickly. Blizzard will probably look the other way for these heroic logs because it's just like demonstrating the bug to kind of force their hand on fixing it, basically. They're not doing it with malicious intent. If you go and you get cutting edge by abusing this, you probably get you and your guild a ban. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I think maybe that's a disclaimer on this. This is definitely an interesting interaction. It's you know it's been known for a while. Um, you know, there's been a bunch of uh, you know bug reports and you know private messages to developers to sort of highlight this. But um, you know, I think this was just sort of a, a fun thing to do through heroic only and sort of just highlight the absurdity of like. Yeah, if you stack, you know, 28, you know, 26, whatever it ends up being, monks, Windwalker monks, uh, with four piece, you can essentially delete bosses um, to the point of, you know, the amalgamation video I watched was pretty funny because they killed both of the little ads at the same time. And there's no second phase like the, the boss. <laughs> never just combines. It's just it's just it, it's dead. And then you loot it. Um, and so Starcraft yeah. also uh, there's a video of like that kill around where like they kill it. Actually, it doesn't go to zero percent. It goes to like nine percent i think but it's dead and everybody lags out because it's trying to catch up through all the phases and then just play the cinematic yeah. and yeah all yeah that fun stuff so um yeah oh. but this is the this is the cool stuff i think mean, this is like the interesting stuff that's out there that you know no one's going to well people will probably abuse this but um oh yeah but you shouldn't and uh mythic sarkareth health right yeah it's so heroic sarkareth with 30 people has 600 million health mm-hmm uh, Mythic Sarkareth with 20 has 666 million. Yeah, so it's cool. Yeah, so I mean, you'll you basically, I mean, you could get a quick kill if you're, if you can find enough monks that don't have, aren't Mythic locked out and want to go try it, but don't do that, please, for the love of God. Yeah, I um, mean, the bad idea. I think idea. we have enough monk alts in my guild that we could do it. <laughs> um, but I like being able to play the game, so we're not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's an easy way to be to be banned or to get a little bit of a vacation. Um, particularly with how public I think we've made this sort of abuse. It's like anybody who yeah. does this in a sort of competitive environment realizes they're they're definitely yeah. breaking the rules. This isn't a a uh, yeah. Anzer makes a good point. You won't get as much damage in a single hit uh, from doing it in Mythic because you're capped at twenty people instead of thirty. So mm-hmm. instead of having like twenty seven Windwalkers with like two tanks and a healer you have 17 uh, but really you honestly like tank it with karma who cares yeah. you're gonna kill the boss instantly 20 just do it with 20 <laughs> uh you still true. probably die but you know yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah no it's a it's a fun it's a fun little thing that i think peak put on and, and pulled all this together to get the the you guys and then the the na i think the, there's an na group going tonight too which will be which yeah will be cool, so yeah i'm gonna bother um, babs about maybe logging that as unlisted instead of as um public that yeah. so unlisted means you need the link to be able to see it it doesn't rank mm-hmm. um and uh i would like to not have to clean up that mess in rankings <laughs> Nice. Oh yeah, it's more work on your end. So um, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I think I think there's not too much to say about this. I mean, we sort of explained a little bit how it worked, but um, but yeah, if you have a bunch of monks, and you want to test out some stuff, you know, go go do it in low tier content that doesn't matter. Um, yep. Please don't do it in in mythic or anything competitive. So yeah, if you and your um, buddies want to go and one shot Firek in the open world, you can actually go even further beyond because the raid group cap is actually still forty, even though none of the content supports it. That is true. And you don't need tanks then, so you could actually get 40 Windwalkers and just delete Fire Act from existence. I don't know what happens if you do that. (laughs) That'd be an interesting thing to test, for sure. Um, That would be interesting. So Um, Maybe that's how the 10.1.5 timey-wimey stuff happens, right? Probably. Maybe. We change change the timeline by Windwalkers deleting a dragon. (laughs) It becomes so powerful, it changes the timeline. Oh, God, are we... Windwalkers the main character, then? Is that is that how this is going to work? I mean, oh. Windwalkers are the second best anime protagonist in WoW. That is true. The the best, of course, being being Demon Hunters, because they're edgier. God, yeah. Well, of course, it's always DHs. Or, I mean, or it's potentially Warlocks. Little demonic, little emo kids making spells, you know? Um... <laughs> yeah god um but yeah i mean this uh, is i don't know how much more we could say about this one other than i mean go check yeah. i mean peak's got a bunch of links everywhere to like different videos i'm assuming there was I mean, i'm not assuming a bunch of people uh streamed it so you can probably look at vods and stuff like that if you're if you're super interested but really it's all a bunch of heroic bosses dying in less than 10 seconds so um, yeah it's cool it's pretty cool it's pretty yeah. cool um yeah. We got to be fair. I'll say that we got to this before. Uh, what's the guy Rex Troy? Before old Rex yeah. Troy uh, got to it, so we beat we beat someone to to the exploits. So, Woo. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So moving on from that, uh, we got a couple other things. Some changes that went in this week, both to Mythic Raid. Uh, we talked a little bit last week, I believe, about the upcoming Mythic Skarn changes, and we didn't mm-hmm. quite know what it meant. We do know now. So the, the original notes for this said that uh, Dragonfire traps now activate consistently based on Skarn's location. And a yeah. bunch of people speculated different options for this. By and large, people were assuming it meant no RNG traps, which it turns out that is what it meant. Uh, and the traps now spawn... Um, the two closest, so the just the ones he's on, which is how yep. those ones have always worked. But now instead of random ones, you get two that are the farthest away from those traps that you just activated. Um, so that basically means you can raid plan this fight now. Yeah. Like the whole thing, every step. Um, and just like do your plan and kill the boss, which is a pretty substantial when you got good rng this change doesn't matter yeah. right like in some ways this makes it harder in the sense that you can't get super good rng have all the spot traps spawn in places you don't care about and just kill the boss it also does mean though that you can't get the ultra bad rng uh so you know yeah yeah i mean it's it basically makes the fight on rails which i think just it'll make progressing it i think a little bit cleaner Right, like you'll still have to clear trap. Like this doesn't, this change doesn't remove the the need to like clear traps or to to sort of totally ignore the traps, right? But right. with their placement, um, 
being uh being much more um much more consistent you can sort of plan out okay these are going to be our trap clears this is our movement right there's a bunch of i think people have already put up like maps to like specific movement positions and clear positions to like you can sort of just follow along so um it sucks that difficulty definitely way down but i think in terms of the boss like the removing the randomness factor of just losing attempts i think is is a overall good change so yeah i think that there is something lost with this where like now every there's nothing in the raid anymore that is like pressuring your ability to adapt to changes on the fly really um, yeah. because everything spawns in fixed locations on every boss pretty much but scarred was over the top so like while there was some element there of the fight that is lost now i don't think that it overall makes the raid worse yeah no neither do i i mean i it does because i mean what, what were you we saying we're seeing like average pulls on this boss be north of 100 or around you know between like i think 80 and 100 yeah. for most skills which is a it's a jump up from Rashok, and then it's actually a well. Even you above say that Magmarax. You say that Rashok is hard farming guilds right now. Oh, are the, is it? I I mean, I yeah. guess in the grand scheme of things, like Rashok is really the only other boss in the raid that has as high healing requirements. Like Sakurath P one, I think takes the cake as as the highest, but yeah, um, Rashok overall is just a very healing intensive boss. That's, right. I think that's the one thing they've done a lot of this raid, which we haven't really talked about. Maybe we do a little bit of a segment here. But in general, I feel like healing this tier, there's been more pressure on healers just to do raw HPS versus like typically there's you always have to heal a bunch. But there's like the complexity there is like mechanics plus trying to heal has been sort of the difficulty, right? right? Where here it feels like they've ramped up just like. You right, just need to do required. a yeah. You just need to do yeah. a lot of healing in this space. So yeah. So Reshark, real quick. Um, if you look at the overall like pull count distribution of everybody, it's mm-hmm. like sixty to one ten pulls covers like twenty fifth to seventy fifth percentile. That's like the bulk of people land in that range. Um, if you look at only the past couple of weeks, uh, it's a hundred to one hundred and eighty. Oh wow. Um, and I think that does come down to these healing requirements. Like you said, it's also got some like kind of unintuitive things around the healing check where mm-hmm. like you have these big searing slams, but you actually don't want to assign healing cooldowns to them because there's just no damage taken after them. Yeah. Yeah. And so those can kind of bait people into putting healing cooldowns there to top people back up, but you need those healing cooldowns for the charged smash and the overcharged dot and the clears and like, you really need them for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like the combination of the high healing requirement and these big healing, like these big damage events that you just have to ignore. Right. Yeah. I mean, even even on Rashok, like the, the bait too is putting healing cooldowns into the intermissions because like the idea is yeah. like you just have to learn to heal through it because you, your point, you need them at other points in the fight that are yeah. even worse, right? Or even you need right. more healing. So. so like for us, it was like short cooldowns in the intermission, right? Stuff that we could just have back for the charge smash. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So Scarn for comparison is uh like sixty to one eighty after the only looking at stuff after the nerfs, buffs, mm-hmm. whatever you after the changes. Um and so that's like similar, 
I would say to Rashok in the past couple of weeks, but like Rashok is just like absolutely on a numerical level farming guilds. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's crazy how uh it's cra- yeah it's crazy that like those mid tier bosses. It's getting back to like the I think the old some of the older raids had like this issue too of like there there was always like a mid tier boss that was yeah just a an absolute like wall. Um, yeah, and people expected that to be scarred in this tier, especially because Rashok, like, a lot of the early kills of Rashok are not that many pulls. Yeah. Like, people kill it in a raid night. That's not a wall boss. But on a numerical level, it's very much a wall boss um, for a lot of guilds. Yeah. And uh, Skarn is a mess. So, Skarn, Skarn, I would say, also was actually a mechanical wall for a lot of guilds mm-hmm. after they buffed the boss. But um, not, yeah. I don't know. It's it's different. Like the yeah. the, the numbers checks on Scarn just don't exist. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, we'll we'll um we'll kind of see. I guess how this. I mean, we we've seen how this one played out, so we don't need to really see anything. So it'll be interesting to see how much different this is on Reclear, right? Since yeah. Um, if I mean, I'm assuming that like with damage increases and stuff like that, it becomes even more of a of a quick fight um less I mean, we, maybe uh, you do it zero clear so or yeah, zero trap clears yeah the uh unless we like somehow yolo into a sarkareth kill tonight right mm-hmm. uh we're not reclearing until after 1015 which means we'll have augmentation evokers we'll have uh basically will be eye level 447 um yeah which is just a nice little six eye level bump um and the rings will get nerfed and all of that of course but you know people specs that rely on the rings for damage are generally getting damage buffs to compensate for that and in some cases like Brewmaster, probably coming out ahead yeah 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 so we'll i mean we'll see we'll see once yeah i mean augment i think is going to be the great the great interesting factor here of like yeah something new um and see how much that affects the raid so yeah. i'm hoping they're good because i to be completely honest with you i need personally i need a change in what i play in this game <laughs> It would be nice if <laughs> you, it's not. You luck. done with Mistweaver after fifty-seven years of hell? Oh god, not it's not. It, to be fair, it hasn't been hell. It's just I I want to do something else, and every other healing class sucks, and I'm a terrible DPS player. So, and I yeah. hate tanking. So like, there's literally now I have two classes I can play. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see if it works out. Um, but cool. Yeah, that's uh, on Zakarn. <laughs> um, the other the other big change that we got is the Mythic Plus suiting. Th- this is kind of the missing patch. Right. If you look at season one, we got some pretty hefty Mythic Plus tuning pretty early on. We got some for season two, but it was really, I would say, lacking um, compared to season one. Mm -hmm. And there were still a number of cases that were just like really outliers in terms of difficulty. Mm -hmm. Um, And while in some sense it was spread across a lot of dungeons, so they're all kind of equal. They all had these kind of pressure points. Well, most of them. Underrod didn't. But most of them had these like pressure points where you must do the super hard thing and then the rest of the key is kind of like easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to use an example, uh, Brackenhide Hollow, the first boss, the, the council boss there, uh, is really hard. Um, yeah, Just like on a numerical level, Gash Frenzy, really hard. Um, also, Gash Frenzy does not check 
all the time if you're over 90% health. And so sometimes you go over 90%, don't have your debuff removed, and they drop below it again, which is very annoying. That, that uh, tick stuff is so, it's so awful as a healer. It's so yeah. annoying. So they reduce the damage of Gash Frenzy by 25%. We're not, we're not like going through every single change because there are a lot. Uh, I yeah. would recommend going and reading the breakdown on Wowhead, but there are some that I wanted to highlight. So like Gash Frenzy, that makes that much easier. Um, like just a lot of pugs that I bet it just like die to like Gash Frenzy plus any other damage that you take. You just oh, yeah. can't get topped up and then you're just dead. Right. Yeah. And when you die, it's not like you're instantly dead. So the healer is still trying to heal you and it falls behind on everything else. So it just all falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's the, I would say just real quick on that. That's like the one boss where if your healer is not prepared, like you are in for a world of hurt, like in terms yeah. of like, it's going to yeah. be forever. So yeah. yeah. The, then like halls of infusion, the first boss, the big swirlies that go out now, instead of three, there's going to be two. They hurt 33% less as well so like double nerves yeah which is and that target number is huge particularly because like i will say like on that boss like the final one of those you'll get like maybe right before you kill it is essentially like it it'll cover the entire almost the entire room unless you have people running well far away yeah Um, because their radius is just so huge so at that point yeah yeah there's a bunch of reductions to naltharis health reductions health reductions to a number of trash mobs uh, health reductions to three out of four bosses, damage reductions on three out of four bosses, including Forge Master Gorek, the the big like raid AOE that he does, the Blazing Hammer, reduced mm-hmm. by twenty percent. Right. Yeah, and and the the funny thing is the actual the biggest boss here, at least from a healing check perspective, Magmatus' damage reduction got. I think every one of Magmatus' abilities got a reduction, which is yeah, uh, big. That boss was always the at least in terms of healing was always the. The most difficult one in there, actually. Magma Tusk yeah. also spawns fire less frequently now. Yeah, which is, uh, which is funny. So that's also nice. Yeah. Um, they nerfed Rockmora. The blight, the the skitterers on Rockmora got their health reduced by twenty five percent, which is nice if you don't have a class that's like really good at just deleting them from existence. Like sometimes yeah. you've got like a class like Enhancement Shaman that just super good at cleave, just like wrecks those skitterers um they got nerfed uh but i actually want to call it a different nerf from this fucking dungeon <laughs> the acid splatter from the crawlers in the first area was scaling with keystone level and on the 20 i was on my dk playing dps for once in my life okay and i didn't know how badly that was gonna hurt i got 90 percent of my health removed in one tick like i got sent to the shadow realm had to walk back as a dk right that's so funny because i was rb rest that's so awesome yeah and then died to it again because as soon as i got back <laughs> one of the skitters died and oh i didn't God. see it and it just instantly killed me again because this was scaling with keystone level these puddles were scaling with keystone level um and so those no longer scale with keystone level. That was just a really frustrating bit of that yeah. dungeon that just didn't need to didn't need to be there. Um, and then the other one I think is really really big is uh, the bleed on the Sentinel boss in Ultiman, twenty percent mm-hmm. nerf, and Vortex Pinnacle, the pulsing AOE damage from the last boss when the ad is up. Yeah, it's up twenty percent. Like just a bunch of these, like these are pretty big nerfs for late, late in the season. Like this, right, we're yeah. two months in. These are pretty big nerfs. Um, 
probably should have been happening sooner. I don't know why they weren't, but probably should have been happening sooner. Uh, definite, definite pain points. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the other thing too is a lot of these are coming in, I think right before the great push tournament that's coming up. So, right. um, which should see some, well, maybe we'll see some very, very high, high keys getting done. Yeah. Um, with a lot of this damage. So, um, but you know, yeah, these all, I mean, I think all decent changes. Um, you know, some of those bosses definitely could are just generally walls are just yeah, extremely difficult. And if you, you wipe, it's sort of definitely in a pug, like a particularly bad it just puts the, the group on edge. So it's cool yeah. that they've they've like made these, a, these changes. So. A couple of these you can do as like the first boss, like Magma Tusk or the first boss of Brackenhide. Yeah. Some of these like Assad in Vortex Pinnacle is just like this is the last boss. You could do the whole dungeon, which is significantly easier than the last boss. And not easy by any means, but easier than the last boss. Get to the end and be unable to kill the last boss. And that is like spending an hour in a key to just not be able to kill, like wiping for 30 minutes on the last boss and then giving up because people don't want to be there anymore is just frustrating. I would, oh, yeah. Yeah. For, no, for sure, for sure. So, um, but yeah, th this is their big, like you mentioned, their big tuning pass on Mythic Plus. So we'll see if we get any more coming into 10.15. I wonder if, I mean, I guess the only thing is like, I wonder if augmentation and some of the other... Um, other class changes as they come in if we see any additional changes beyond this but i think this yeah. you know eases up the difficulty in, in pretty much every dungeon um yeah. at this point so um speaking of difficult cool. dungeons yeah so i think this is one thing that i had on here that that i've been doing a bunch of just reading watching i haven't had a chance to do it but we do have in 1015 the um the new mega dungeon so this has been sort of i think a hallmark of of the last couple expansions where blizzard puts out as a part of like the mid you know, 10-2-ish area. So I know we're not in 10-2 just yet, but, uh, or not 10-2, but like the 0.2 um, piece, a, a large dungeon that has typically like eight or so bosses. So they call it a mega dungeon. It's much larger, much more difficult. Um, what was the, what was, what was Shadowlands? It was, what was it called? Tazavesh. Tazavesh. What was the Tazavesh origin? Yeah. Mechagon in, in BFA. Um, and now we have um, the, uh, what's the name of this one? Timeless something? Uh, sorry, Dawn um, of the Infinites. Yeah. My fault. <laughs> uh, so Dawn of the Infinites is the mega dungeon coming out. And uh, Wowhead did a, a really good write-up. Squishy, shout-outs to the boy. Um, put up a nice write-up of the first four bosses in Dawn of the Infinites. But um, based on that and based on what I've seen, this is not going to be an easy dungeon, um, at least the way it's tuned on PTR. Um, yeah. So it does have, and this is the one thing that they point out, it does have scaling in there where you're basically scaled down to 425. Um, as you do the dungeon and everything from Squishy's point of view and from what I sort of watched and saw um, with some of the streams of this is it's difficult. Um, it's sort of at that old like small group progression level. Like if you did 10 mans in in sort of MOP or, you know, when 10 man dungeons were a thing without this sort of flex content um, that we have today, um, sort of at that level. And uh, and yeah, I'm excited. I, I am a huge fan of of mega dungeons. I'm a huge fan of some of these fights look like really cool um in terms of like the idea that they're not some of the mechanics aren't very difficult but if you don't do the mechanics you die um, yeah so it's sort of that type of a, a of a raid in a group and sort of a not raid sorry of a dungeon where you have to do mechanics or you die which is probably the best way to sort of go through something um, these bosses i would say are also more positioning intensive from yeah. you know what i've seen than a lot of dungeon bosses are a lot of dungeon bosses like where you stand just kind of doesn't matter 
and really a lot of dungeon bosses have just a couple of of key mechanics and they just loop and Mm -hmm. you don't really have issues with space with overlaps that kind of thing that kind of defines raid encounters in many ways whereas these i don't know about overlaps per se but the positioning requirements look higher that said that is with the eye level sync Mm -hmm. um which would be a really neat thing by the way for wow to steal from final fantasy uh in final fantasy 14 you can do eye level synced content which just like drops your eye level down to the maximum for the or it's either maximum or minimum for that content and that allows you to kind of experience the content as intended um within some some limits like old expansion stuff classes have changed and things like that so not so much but this i level sync on ptr for this is 425 like i'm 443 yeah like i'm 20 eye levels over this a lot of the difficulty of these is probably going to be removed by eye level and not necessarily all of it like you said it will kill you if you don't do these mechanics Right. But, you know, you're going to get a lot fewer mechanics with an extra 20 item levels. Exactly. Yeah. Which makes me, I mean, Squish actually said this, but even before I read this part of his write-up, got me thinking about the idea of, like, it would be interesting if you could enable this sort of item level sync on live. Right? Like, basically do, and he gives the example of Destiny 2, which I think is actually the best example of, like, a current game that does this, at least that I've played and, and know of, is, like, Destiny 2, for a lot of their raids, particularly when they first launch them, they do what they call contest mode, which essentially locks your power level. Like, you can't, no matter how much gear yeah. you have, you can't go a specific power level. Um, and then if you defeat the raid, in this case, at that at, in this contest mode, you get, like, extra in-game stuff, like emblems and um, yeah. stuff like that, like cosmetics, basically, in the translating it back to WoW. I think um, Final Fantasy Ultimates also work that way, where there is actually just always eye level mm-hmm. sync on for those like it won't drop you it won't raise your eye level but it will drop it down to a specific gotcha. point yeah Destiny too um, similar it won't it won't bring you up to that whatever that cap is but if you're above yeah. the cap it'll pull you back down yeah um and that would be cool to have for for actually just wow in general like it would be cool to be able to go back and do some of these older content some of it wouldn't work like going back to you know Black Rock Depths or something like it just fundamentally is a different game. Yeah. Um, but like actually even as far back as like BFA raids would mm-hmm. actually function just fine with uh, eye level sync. Well, I don't know about just fine. Some of the tank mechanics would be weird, but <laughs> because of the class changes. Yeah. Um, but I think by and large it would be fine. And and that would be cool to be able to go back and be like, okay, we're going to go and do a Castle Nathria run you know, we're on farm. This is going to be a long farm period probably for Aberus because of how short the raid's been. Yeah. Um, so we're going to, you know, maybe take, it would be cool to be able to take a raid night and be like, you know, instead of reclearing all of Aberus again, we're going to go and do Castle Nathria. We're going to go and do probably not Battle of Zarlor because that raid was bad. Um, but I mean, it wasn't bad, bad, but it was, you know, okay. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, go back and do do. Um, you know what? I probably wouldn't go back and do any of the BFA raids. Me, well, yeah, probably would not go back and do any of the BFA raids. Yeah, but like, BFA go back to Castle Nathia. 
Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. I mean, I. I. Yeah. I mean, it'd be cool to go back. I just think it would be cool for like current content to have this sort of like I'll use the term contest mode because it, it translates to what Destiny Two had, but this sort of like mode where yeah, or really I guess hard like the new version of what a hard mode is, right? Because like yeah, previously hard modes were like we'll increase the difficulty of a of an encounter, um, but I think it would be cool if hard mode was basically just like all the encounters are baseline and you basically low player power for it to be hard, right? Yeah. Um, and that would be I think that'd be a cool. Thing and Blizzard can put like rewards around it, achievements, you know, cosmetics, mounts, whatever it ends up being, right? Um, and I think it'd be a fun little thing for like small groups to do because they're already, I mean, I think they've already committed and well, not committed, but they've already got this cadence of like releasing these larger dungeons like this. And so yeah. this is just a cool thing for like a small group, like just a couple friends to like have their own little version of progression to sort of work. Yeah. Towards. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, it's cool. I mean, the, I, I'm a, like I've always said, like this mega dungeon stuff, the small group stuff, I think is always really cool to keep in the game. And um, these mega dungeons are, are cool. It'll be, it'll be fun to see what this looks like on Mythic Plus because I will say that like the old dungeons on Mythic Plus, there was definitely like the easier side, right? Like cause they're yeah. all eight, eight, eight boss dungeons, so you'll always split it down the middle, four and four. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Mechagon outside versus inside was such a different different dungeon yeah. right um, yeah and some of that i think does ultimately come down to class changes right like there's things that change well also dungeon changes actually the, yeah. the skips that people used to do at the end of uh of the inside mechagon yeah got fixed and so that yeah. just made that dungeon way harder because you oh, couldn't yeah. skip all the terrible trash that people used to or couldn't do it as easily. People eventually found ways to do it again. But until that, like having to do that double, I don't know what the mob is named, the, the, the double AOE yeah, yeah, at the end of the dungeon, that pack is wild. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. At high yeah. key level, I just, it was, there's, was, and there's so much stuff on the ground. There was no space. <laughs> yeah. So you have like squirrels everywhere. And then, yeah, it was, yeah, it was rough. Yeah. But I, I mean, well, as always, I think it'd just be, yeah, like I said, cool to get into this, cool to cool to run through a bunch of new content, small group content, which is always fun. And then, and then, yeah, see see what they do in Mythic Plus because you assume season three, Mythic Plus, two of the dungeons and that are going to be these. So, um, each of these. So yeah, but yeah, this dungeon's out. What next reset? Or not this reset, but comes out July 11th. Um, yeah. And so yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes, but. Um, but yeah, excited for maybe we'll see difficulty. Like you said, I think since on the PTR was locked at 425, I think that also inflates some of the difficulty. But um, the fact that you have to do mechanics and no one's going to know what they are, well, I think Pugs Week 1 will be definitely interesting for this dungeon. So, Yeah. Yeah. Um, but cool. I don't. I think that was it in terms of stuff for this week. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to cover. I think um, that about wraps it up. I've got more, more raid prep to do for tonight. We've got, uh, we're looking at actually my co-tank swapping from Prop Paladin to Blood Decay for this, for, for Death Grip, among other things. Oh, very uh, so cool. I've got to, I've got to redo some cooldowns because we don't have spell warding anymore. But we're going nice. to try without spell warding. We're going to try it. Nice. Uh, nice. So see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to be it for the show today. Thank you all for watching and or listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support it, and the other work that we do over on the Peak of Serenity. You can do that at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Peak of Serenity. And of course, 
come and join the discord it is the currently only place to get links to the uh the all wind walker all the time eight second boss kill raid um and uh yeah babs is also doing an na version of it tonight if you want to just like screw around and get some logs blacklisted mm-hmm. um so yeah uh that is gonna be it for the show today thank you all for listening and we will see you next week bye